Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Cortez Sign Up Podcast. Once again, I'm Joshua Moff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, Sancho Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. Obviously, we got UC 279 to go over. Uh, we also got UC Vegas 60 to preview Corey Sanhagen and Song Yadong going to battle this weekend in Vegas. Uh, Canelo Alvarez taking on Gennady Golovkin for the third and final time, as well as a bunch of news to go over. As always, we are brought to you by Rogue Energy. You can win 10% off your order at RogueEnergy.com. Just go to sound off at checkout. Let's go to sound off at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. Angel, we had a chaotic fight week. We had, I mean, for me, I'm <laughs> nonstop uh, that entire Friday. I don't normally work much on Fridays. This is nothing to do except for weigh-ins and stuff happens. I was working all day Friday. You know what got me through, Angel? It was my Rogue Energy. I had I had my drink on standby. It kept me fueled, kept me caffeinated, kept me going throughout the day. RogueEnergy.com, code Sonic, a 10% off, get yourself something nice. So, yeah, since I went ahead and mentioned it, uh, UC279 went down last Saturday night from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Look, man, <clears throat> there's no real way to talk about this with, before we can get into kind of the drama, honestly, uh, behind the event. Friday morning... You know, I, I, I texted you. I got, I got some insider information, you know, that, uh, Hamza Jamai was going to miss weight. <laughs> insider trading, dude. Insider trading, you know, um, that he was going to miss weight and he ended up in that they were already working on a second fight and like a, a replacement main event. It ended up being that replacement main event after Hamza missed by seven and a half pounds ended up being Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz. Now, first of all, and before we even get into the fights, what was your reaction to all this news? Because this was something that was going on all day that we were hearing about. The plan was they were going to do Diaz versus Ferguson, but they weren't sure if Hamzat was going to fight and who he would end up fighting. Ended up being Kevin Holland. What was your first reaction to hearing all of this news and kind of your your thoughts on the card itself? Because a lot of people seem to believe the card got upgraded whenever all these changes happened. I think we could all collectively agree on that, right? I feel like if you say the card didn't get better, you're wrong, right? Let's just be honest, like. If we saw, if, you know, I was going to recap, I'm, we're not going to like give, I'm not going to give any details away now. No, because people have seen the fights now. They know how to play out, but I hope. Yeah. If not, go watch them. Uh, Why are you listening to us then? If you yeah, right? <laughs> Fucking idiot. No, I was kidding. But, uh. Fucking dumbass, dude. What are you doing? No, but the thing is, it's like, uh, clearly they ended up playing out way better. And when you see the results, it's just like, like, it, it's, it, for certain fights, like, D, uh, D-Rod and Holland, you're kind of curious, and then Leach, Ferguson, you know, you, there's some question marks there, right, with some how the stuff laid out. Obviously, as we get into it, you, you're, we're, I feel like we're going to be able to give comparisons, right, as we go on and mm-hmm. kind of give, like, more of, like, a reversal recap at the end of them. But, uh, no, I mean, it was insanity, dude. I didn't know what was going to happen. It, they were, it, we, it took forever for them to wait for it. Look, there was a lot of stuff going on, like, fucking tinfoil hat shit going on where it's like oh yeah i even said something like you know what that wasn't like tinfoil hat and shit i'm like this seems a little too fabricated i didn't say it was you know i didn't want to i want to be that person but this is like john jones pictogram type status moving fight to a whole state you know it wasn't like that but i got some vibes you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that was it you know i, I didn't say anything I, I didn't explicitly put anything out on twitter i didn't want to get a i didn't want to get people thinking i was going in that direction but I can't help to think it's like, 
this played out a little too well for them in the way and things people are saying. It's just kind of like, I don't know. And we had the footage of the Helen, the Holland and fucking Chimaya back and forth, which obviously there's cameras everywhere. It's fight week. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There was just some, I felt some type of way, Josh. And I feel I'm perfectly fine feeling some type of way. Yeah. Well, I, I don't necessarily think that this was, I, I don't think that this is a clear thing from the get go. So a lot of you are like, Oh my God, they all along. Hamzat was never going to fight Nate. And, you know, all the, these guys, six guys were all going to fight each other. It was never going to, they were never going to fight the original matchups. Massive disagree on that. Because they would have just done it. Because that would have just been way easier than dealing with the shit show, having to re, obviously, uh, reconvince guys to, like, take this fight, take on that fight. I mean, shit, you have to convince the leech to fight a guy who went in 10 pounds heavier. Yeah, and, and you have to rely on Nate Diaz, who, like, to say is yeah. not on good terms with the UFC, to agree to all these changes last second. Or you're having to rely on him to keep a secret for months in advance he's going to fight Tony Ferguson. <laughs> like, I don't think Nate would be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying in the sense of Chamayev missing weight, that's what I kind of felt was sort of fabricated how they dealt with it. You know what I mean? To an extent. Yeah, for sure. And I think the thing is that, like, I'm somewhere in the middle. And I obviously don't think this is planned in any capacity. But what yeah, I, I do like, think. Yeah. I, and what I know. Sorry to cut fact, you off. I'm, I'm just feeling you, bro. I'm yeah. feeling you. That's what I'm trying to say. You feel moment. Yeah. But I mean, like. I know for a fact that the UFC was working on, like, a replacement fight since, like, I don't know. What time did I text? I texted you at, like, 7 or 8 in the morning. And that's right around the time I woke up because I woke up to that news. That, like, oh, yeah, Hamzad's going to miss, and Nate's probably going to fight Tony. Um, And that was, like, hours before Hamzad even weighed in heavy. So I think they were already working on contingency plans, and they were already negotiating stuff. So, but I obviously, I don't – I think they knew for longer than they, like, let on. But I also don't think that, you know, this was playing from the get-go. Because, like, dude, they they do not they did not want to make Hamzad into one of the most hated men. Because it's a good thing that Hamzad's running with it and he's becoming a heel. But this could have gone way worse. Man, I can't deny it. I, can't, I kind of did like the hate, though. I kind of enjoyed dude, it. Dude, Angel, I think we got our heel. I think we talked about it. I think we need, like, a hateable guy. I think we got our heel. But, but, the, but the worst part is I don't dislike the guy. I like the guy more. I know. Well, th- well, that's the whole point, though. <laughs> that's the whole point. He's so good at being a bad guy that we can't help but like it. God. But other people hate him. But it's we like, love that yeah, shit. I'm like that, I'm like that chick in high school, dude, who's like the shitty jock, you know, who treats her like shit. Like, I, I like it. You know, I like it. treated like shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's fucking, dude, that's comedy. But, um, yeah, man. I mean, I guess we should just get into the fights. Yeah, because, like, they went ahead and, uh, they, they did some configurations, and I said it on Twitter. It worked beautifully, by the way. Yeah, I said it on Twitter, but, like, by, by this point, I already knew that Diaz versus Ferguson was at the worst. But I was like, they gotta do Chamayev Holland and then Roger gets Jing Liang. I think it's actually what they ended up doing. And in the main event, dude, it almost felt like an exhibition, in a way. Like, By the way, I do have a question before we kind of yeah, dive into it. Pori seemed to be on, like, seemed to be an option at some yeah. point, right? Yeah. How would have you felt about a Poirier fight somewhere involved, like even even Chamayev Poirier or fucking Holland, like Holland or Poirier uh, lead, or like you know some, for some reason if they couldn't like they mm-hmm. needed to get someone? Because like hypothetically, if one of these guys would have fully backed out, they would have needed a full on replacement. Yeah. To make it fully work. Yeah, correct. And I think Dustin was that guy that they apparently tabbed as the guy that if any one of these six guys says no, Dustin will step in. How would you have felt out of all those matchups kind of ranked, you know, kind of uh, 
however you want. You know what I mean? Like your interest in it. You know, like yeah. Well, Leech, I mean, Dustin, uh, Dustin, D. Rod, Dustin. You know, so on and so forth. I yeah, I mean, I think I think the Nate versus Dustin fight would have made the most sense, and I think it would have been the most interesting. Because I think I think Dustin tunes him up normally, but mm-hmm. stepping in on one day notice, and I understand he's in fight camp, but he just started. You know. Um, that would have been the most interesting to me, especially considering that they have history. They're supposed to fight in uh, 2018. It didn't end up happening. They nearly fought last year, but, you know, fight just could, did not come together. You know, not last year, but earlier this year. Things just didn't come together. By that, I mean, the UFC just didn't want him to fight uh, <laughs> Dustin because it'd be a winnable fight. Um, I mean, beyond that, you can probably rank him like, you know what, it's probably not popular. I would have rather seen, like, it goes like Nate. Versus Dustin, D Rod versus Dustin, Jing Liang versus Dustin, Ferguson versus Dustin, and then Chimai versus. You know what? I'd probably put Ferguson at the bottom of the list because I think, you know, I I love me some Tony Ferguson, and this is kind of going into the conversation about the main event. But like, this is perfect. This is actually perfect segue. He in that main event, he was fighting a guy that like, on like prime for prime, I think Tony beats Nate nine point nine times out of ten. It's that – because that is a perfect matchup for him. Nate is a pressure guy himself, but he really struggles against pressure. RDA pressured him, beat the shit out of him. Same thing for Benson Henderson. Tony's grappling. The way he transitioned – like, the way he can, like, transition from the ground to the – like, from to standing and, not, and just incorporate all the facets of the game. He's also throws elbows all the time, cuts everybody. Tony did not even cut Nate, which I think is the biggest sign that things are – there was Not something big. wrong, dude. Yeah, and I think he treated it like an exhibition. I think Tony did treat it like an exhibition. And look, he had moments there with his limited skill set that he has. Is he's he's going to be 39 this year, I believe. And he's coming in here losing four fights in a row. And of those four fights, he had, like, two moments. He knocked down Gaethje in round two in the first fight that he lost. And then against Chandler, he knocked down Chandler in round one. Beyond that, he's looked washed to the high heavens. So we knew going in that like things were gonna be tough. And I actually had him winning going into the fourth round. I did. I had a twenty nine twenty eight. But even then it's like It wasn't guaranteed. Just, huh? It wasn't guaranteed. No, and, and he was down on the cards. One judge had a twenty nine twenty eight first and the other two had thirty twenty seven DS. Yeah by the way the person who had thirty twenty seven is fucking insane. It was two of they're fucking crazy. I don't see it's I don't see especially how you could score round three for Nate. Whenever Nate nearly said no moss, you know? Um but yeah, man, I mean it is uh he had some moments, you know, he had the leg kicks, he had certain things that were working well, but at the same time, we can see like he had no he literally I don't think he landed anything significant in terms of punches. He didn't land any elbows. The leg kicks were the only thing that it really had. He shot for two takedowns, got one of them, and immediately got submitted. I mean, this is – I understand that Tony's pretty clearly treating it not like a super serious fight. He's, you know, one-day notice, two fan fan favorites, two legends. I think he treated it like that, but at the same time, I thought he looked, you know, he looked pretty washed, man, and that's unfortunate to say. Especially considering he's coming off that fight against Chandler, it looks like, oh, shit. Like, he got caught, but Tony was fucking back, son. Like, he looked like he was back. But then, you know, he comes out against Diaz in a fight that, like, it's a perfect stylistic matchup for him. And he just looked so slow and just... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what did you think about the fight? He looked pretty content, though, by the end. You know what I mean? Like, after all the losses, he seemed kind of serious, kind of, like, unsatisfied with himself. 
some disappointment, maybe anger. I don't know. But in this one, you saw it was kind of like, okay, that happened. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, by the way, looking back at it, the Gitti made sense, right, that it happened, right? Because, I mean, all fucking Diaz was training was probably takedown defense, right? So. Yeah, I guarantee you that's the only, he was probably training that the entire time. Now, I don't think it would have mattered against Hamzad, but against no, but, 39-year-old uh, Tony, I mean. Yeah, yeah, so looking back at it, the double leg was probably not to play. No, probably not. So, I mean, that, I mean, in hindsight, you see a lot of things, but yeah, dude, I'd say that was just the leg kicks. They were success, you're right. Nothing on the feet, really. There wasn't, I mean, shit, Diaz was probably tagging him up. I mean, he was, he, I mean, he was really putting in work on the feet, wasn't he? I mean, let's just be honest. And no matter what, if they did go to the ground, it's not like Nate is a fucking, you know, I mean, Caesar Gracie, man. I mean, that's where it all started, you know, it's, you know, that, that's where it all began. It's like, you know, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a little sad to see, but for Nate, it was kind of like the best possible situation, right? Goes out on a win, fights a guy who he respects, right? And they put on a an entertaining uh entertaining match and he says fuck you to the UFC and goes out the door. Yeah, correct. And we should go ahead and we should get into that real quickly. I mean, uh Nate Diaz final fight of the UFC deal. Um it, now granted, I think Nate was pretty clear he's coming back. I think that there was so much animosity for like a year between the two sides. And they've never had a good relationship to begin with, you know. But things reached like a really bad boiling point to the point where they gave him the worst matchup possible. They were throwing him out the door. But during fight week, and this is something that I've heard from like a couple different people, like the UC and Nate have kind of made amends. And you saw that in the way that Nate discussed it. Like, yeah, like I'm going to go do something else. And we know what that something else is. If, you know, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But, you know, um, he said, you know, I'm going to go do that other thing, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to win a UFC title, which, lol, but, uh, you know, I, <laughs> that's not going to happen. But, I mean, look, man, I mean, he, he did the thing that just does not happen in this business. Every single legend goes out on their back. It's just the way, that's the way that it is. In combat sports, you know, boxing, kickboxing, MMA, you do not go out with your hand raised. The house always wins. But for one night... Nathan motherfucking Diaz walks out with his hand raised, and yes, did he not? You know, was it, would it would would it have been sweeter if he somehow managed to beat Hamzad or something? Yes, but at the same time, he was fighting a fellow legend in a competitive fight that was a fun fight. It was a bit weird, but yeah, it was fun. You know, both guys had their moments, and it ends in the fourth round with Nate Diaz submitting Tony Ferguson with two oh nine on the clock. I mean, there was nothing. It was perfect, dude. I mean, it was a perfect scorebook ending. Um, By the way, had, I think that's yeah. the crazier moment, if anything, submitting him to 209. Yeah, that that shit was crazy, man. I mean, that that's the type of thing that, like, you, you it's just insane, you know? And then he throws up the pose, too. Like The, the, the same the same one that he had whenever he submitted, I think it was Kurt Pellegrino back in, like, 2007, when he was flexing, you know? Yep. I mean... Damn, man. I mean, if this ends up being the last time you see Nate Diaz, there is no better way for him to go out. Now, I think he will be back. I just think the UFC is going to throw him a lot of money, dude. Like, they're going to throw him so much money. And I, more than anything, I bet that they're going to end up getting him some sort of deal where he ends up coming back. He may even get the chance to fight in a boxing match, you know, similar to Connor. Like, they give him that, that ability um, to do a boxing match while also – fighting in the UFC, I think that's probably the most likely thing to happen, you know, but 
for right now, that could be the last UFC fight, and if that ends up being the case, there's no other, no other better way to go out. I mean, it was it was the word book, dude, you know? Um, yep, he did it. The kid from Stockton did it. Kid from Stockton did it. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, we'll see what happens from here. I mean, we we got to talk about we, – we're going to carry this Nate Diaz conversation over into the end of the show, but um, – I feel like a lot of these things are going to get carried out through the show. I said maybe like I think I'd say the third fight. Yeah, correct, correct. Um, but yeah, man, I think it's time we go ahead and move on to the co-main event. And in that co-main, I'm not mom's... surprised, motherfuckers. Yeah, Stockholm, motherfucker, Stockholm. Um, Hamzat Chamayev facing off against Kevin Holland. This was this was the superior fight. This was 100% the uh, the superior fight, man. Um, Kevin Holland, is he the greatest wrestler? No. However, he is, since moving down to 170, he's kind of reinvented himself. He scored a couple of great wins. Um, Cowboy Oliveira, obviously, Tim Means the other. Um, and even outside of that, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, before moving down, was ranked top 10 up at middleweight. He's facing a guy in Hamza Chamayev who's getting a completely different fight, you know. And um, look, man, it wasn't even close. <laughs> he goes in there and he takes him down immediately. And it takes him two minutes and 13 seconds to get the submission win with a darce. Look, man, love him or hate him. And I think we're both Hamza Chamayev fans. So we both love the guy. But <laughs> in terms of, like, entertainment value, like, this motherfucker is insane like it's always a fun time when Hamza's around but love him or hate him this dude's gonna be a champion sooner rather than later and there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it whether that's 170 or 185 I truly believe that's gonna happen soon so but before you know before we fight the championships he had to get through the fight with Kevin Holland does it in easy fashion did not even eat a strike they got a turn for this on fight uh, I believe it's like UFC stats or fight metric it's called getting punked when you don't land uh, a strike at all in a fight, and you lose. Uh, and that's what happened to CM Punk when he fought Mickey Gall. Kevin Holland got punked. That's happened like 10 times ever in the UFC. But, yeah, man, what do you, what do you think about uh, Hamza Chamaya? What do you think about Kevin Holland and your kind of takeaways and your thoughts on the fight? I mean, it's quite literally what I thought was it. I think I dreamt the fight, Josh, beforehand. Like, this is literally as I envisioned it. He was going to get to take down. Took a little bit more effort than I thought, but that's great that Kevin Holland, though, because he's been working on that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean... It makes sense. And then I submitted him in the first. I mean, pretty much what I thought would happen, happened. He, he took him down, submitted him, and that was the fight. You know? And he did mm-hmm. it. And I mean, that's history. I mean, it was so short-lived. I mean, what is there really to talk about outside of the the fact that he was just so dominant? You know what I mean? I agree. And I, but I was still impressed, man. I mean, some people were like, you know, there, there are people that the Hamzat hated just, they're so, like, detached from reality. They're like, oh, well, you know what? He kind of struggled with Holland, you know? I mean, what happened if that fight would have gone longer? I'm like, but he didn't know. It did. And he knew that he, and he knew that he wasn't going to go longer. Because he knew he was better than on the ground. I mean, we watched Marvin Vittori and Derek Brunson, who are both very good wrestlers, not be able to put away Kevin Holland. And Jemai did it in two minutes and some change. I mean. You know, I never thought about it like that, but holy fuck, you're so right. Yeah, I mean, those guys are 185ers, and they couldn't do that to Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland's been, he has improved his wrestling. He's improved his grappling, and Hamzat did it easy, man. I mean, look, I mean, as far as Hamzat goes, what do you think you should do with him next? Because I think there's a lot of different fights they can do for him. 
185 or 170. I think the big thing that we got to keep in mind with 170 is obviously he missed weight pretty badly. Um, now, he didn't originally – something that we should note here. Apparently, he did rehydrate, which is why he weighed in on 178. Oh. Apparently, he was closer to 170, but the doctors recommended he stop cutting. And that's something his coach confirmed as well. Uh, but as far as Hamza Chumai's next fight, where do you think he's going to compete at next? Uh, I mean, I feel like they need to have some serious conversation. We'd be like, hey, you can't be champion unless you make championship weight. That's just how simple as this. You already, we've already seen it with Oliveira happen where he had the belt and he lost the title because he didn't make weight, right? Obviously, it's, it, was, it was one pound. Fucking devastating, right? Like, worst case scenario. But they need to seriously talk to him and be like, hey, you made the weight before. What's going on? Is there an issue? Can we do anything on our end to assist you? There's a dietary issue. Was it, Did you retain water because of your flight? You need to be coming out more early. You know, like, they could legitimately help him and, and you know, and because they, they care about him and, and just in general for his own well-being, right? And obviously, his, I'm sure his coach and his camp is also going to talk to him about it. Like, do you really want to continue to cut weight down here? Because 85 is completely an option. We know he could compete at 85 mm-hmm. for sure. And look, if he does go to 85, all I'm going to say, Josh, is if they want to speed run it, if Bahia loses an MSG and they really want to get him their quick Robert Whitaker fight or a Bahia fight, potential for Hosma Chimaev, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, 100%. I mean, I this this works out almost too well, you know? Like, Hamzat, I understand that he wanted to fight at 170 and... A fight with him versus Kamaru versus Nate versus Leon versus Colby. Those are huge fights, no doubt about it. But at the same time, dude, at 185? You want to come shut it down real quick? At 185, there's not even... 170 is a wrestler heavy division. At 185, it's not. I think Hamza Chamaev has an easier path to have a 185 than he does at 170. Like, and we... Dude, we saw him face Jack Hermanson, who's arguably you know, top three grappler at the weight class. I mean, I, I brought thought, that up that night. You remember, yeah. I was like, imagine if, if he calls for the Jack Hermanson MMA fight. Like, with a disrespect. He tooled Jack Hermanson in a grappling match. He tooled him. He, he straight up sunned him. He, he threw him around like he was a child. You know? Couldn't punch him. I remember I said that. I was like, imagine if he could have punched him. Exactly, exactly. So, I think if I'm Hamza Chimaev, I'm, I'm, I beat Kevin Holland, which he did, and I'm flying to MSG, and I'm sitting fucking cage side, bro. Because guess what? Who's going to – the winner of Paheya versus Adesanya. I understand if Paheya wins, rematch probably. 100%. Um, but if Adesanya wins, who? You know? There's no, this, clear, there's no clear second. You're absolutely right. Not even close. So this gives him a clear second. And, uh, you know, if Adesanya was to move up to 185, you know, which – not – excuse me. If, if uh, Adesanya was to move up to 205, which he's talked about. Robert what? Whitaker, Chimaev. For the title. Which is even, dude, that's an even, like, that's that's a, as good of a fight as anything. Like, that's such a good fight. You know? That's perfect for Robert. Fight. You know what I mean? Like, imagine that. Robert Whitaker fights for the title 185 because Israel decided to relinquishes, beats Hosma Chimaev to win the title in a five-round main event. And, yeah, where, and, and wherever it would be. And, and by the way, by the way, here's the biggest thing. That is a matchup that, like, that's the worst matchup for Hamza Chamayev in the UFC, I think, full stop. I mean, it's either him or Gilbert Burns of, the, of like, 185 versus 170, and he already beat Gilbert. But I think that fight would be fucking excellent. Five rounds, dude? Like, oh, my God. And I know, but the thing is, I think, I don't even think Izzy will avoid that fight. I think he'll want to take that fight to, you know, take a point. improve his legacy because he's one of those guys that cares about that sort of thing. Um. Imagine that Israel Adesanya versus Shemaya for the title at 185. 
in a fucking dude. Well, data already said it. they're looking at Africa. They are. They are. You know. I mean, uh, fucking card in Nigeria. You know. Yeah. Izzy Kamaru, co-main main event. Tato's on the line. Could you imagine? I think it would be very, very interesting if Hamza makes the definitive move at the 25. For me, it's more interesting, and I also think, like, at I will say that if, it, yeah. if he wants to go to 170, he used to say just, he needs to be very decisive and make the weight and get to the title quick. I agree. I agree. I mean, he needs um, to be talking to Dana and be like, hey, like, I want I the title next yeah. after Leon and Kamaru, whatever, whatever happens. And, and, uh, and if, uh, you know, if not, I want to fight Colby at 170 so I can prove I can make the weight. And it's that's that simple. 100%. Round 185, give me a top three, top five guy and I'll beat him. 100%. And I think that this is, that they, that's the smart move. And I really hope that they decide to make that move, you know? Imagine that Civil War, Darren Till versus Jemai. Oh, Jesus Christ, I hope not. I, I don't want to see that. Ruin, ruin a friendship, dude. Yeah. yeah, man, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be interesting to see where Hamzat chooses to fight next, just because I know that you see, and even Dana said, like, well, I guess I guess we'll have to get him to fight at 185, but DUC said that before, and they've had guys in the past where, the, like, they very rarely make somebody move up. After one weight miss, like it's. Who did they say that to? I feel like it hadn't been that long since we heard someone say that. Darren, I mean, I'm pretty sure they said that about Darren Till after he missed weight against Wonder Boy pretty badly, but then he got a title shot. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard. Last that. time I can remember, they made somebody move up was Oliveira. He kept on missing. He missed by ten pounds. Oh wait, uh, uh, back at forty five. Yeah. So that's the last time they actually made somebody move up. So. I'd be surprised, but just for Hamzat's health and for his, like, team, and just for the interesting fights that would come out of it, I think the fights, uh, to make her at 185 versus 170. Also, stylistically, they're just more interesting at 85, I think. That's what I'm saying. Like, as much as I love Leon Edwards, like, you, you do you think Leon versus Hamzat would be very competitive? I don't. <laughs> you know, I, I, look, a lot of people defend it. Who knows, right? I did, I mean, I, I want to say no, but, at the end of the day, you, you know, you'd have to see the fight. Some people thought fucking Leon was going to get smashed by Kamaru. And granted, though, Kamaru was doing very good until the head kick land. Well, I've always rated, uh, not Kamaru, I've always rated Leon higher than everybody else. Like, I've said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, credit to Leon. I mean, they, so if I'm, so if I'm saying this, like, if I can, <laughs> I'll put it like this. You, you really don't think about it. Kamaru and Leon have damn near identical records. Yeah. And Kamaru is considered in some people's eyes, to go. So, and he just Which beat Kamaru. Dumb, but. So it, it, it kind of puts it in perspective, right? Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but, I mean, whatever, whatever. I mean, I feel like right now, we just want to see Chimaya fight. That's the big thing. Get him fights. Get him motivated. I mean, the guy, I mean, the guy is motivated. You know what I mean? He, he One, he likes to fight. He fights hard. And he likes to make money. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. You know, it kind of breaks my heart because I don't know if we'll see him again this year. No, I don't think I don't think we will. But. Which is devastating. But hey, man, we got to see him fight. Did he fight already this year? Earlier this year? Yeah, yeah, no? yeah. He did. Oh man, he, that was the Burns fight, man. Time, time. In April, just, yeah. Time flies. Man, I mean, I guess we saw him. Yeah, we saw him fight twice. I can't complain then. Yeah, but. Anyways, man, we'll see what happens with him in the future. Very exciting for Hamza Chimaev. I, I, I'm still on the hype train. Uh, slight detour, but, you know, him running through Kevin Holland easier than anybody else has done is 
still really impressive. But regardless, um, this fight was the the fight that both guys got the short end of the stick. Uh, D-Rod uh, went from fighting um, Kevin Holland in a very high-profile matchup to getting the Leech, who himself had a very high-profile matchup with Tony Ferguson. This fight was not uh, – of, like, the other two fights ended up being far more entertaining than this one – but yet, still, I hate that the crowd booed these guys. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, come on, get over yourselves. These, these two are the only reason why you guys got your fights that you wanted. But ends up being D-Rod against win by split decision. I thought that was a terrible decision. I thought uh, probably uh, maybe make a case for 30-27 Jing Liang. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure I scored a 29-28. But, yeah, I still thought it was a terrible decision. Uh, but still, even though even outside of the decision, props to both guys for stepping up. But what do you think about that one? I mean, I, I'm on the same boat, dude. Terrible decision. I thought the Leech won, too. I mean, I, I went on MMA decisions, Josh. Like, 91% of, uh, like, uh, people thought it was, uh, it was the Leech's fight. Like, it's, that's, that's a very big discrepancy. And then all the media scored except two, uh, media outlets, I think, scored it for D-Rod. Yeah, no, they, they, they really dropped the ball on this one, man. It, it's, uh, it was a fuck up, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought this was a really, Really and you know bad. it's bad, Josh, when I feel strongly about it. Sometimes I'm like, you could see, you know, I'm usually kind yeah, of like. Yeah, you're very, you're very reserved when it comes to saying stuff where it's like, you know, robberies or whatever. You could have seen it the other way. No, this one, they did drop the ball on this one. This one was bad. I mean, the Leafs should have won, like, without a doubt. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was, I think it, it was so heartbreaking. You, you had a fucking Giga Chat tweet, by the way, for the Leech, which I, I loved. That one went off, too. It did. It got like a thousand likes or whatever. As it yeah. should have. As it should have. Goddamn right, but. How should I say Bigfoot? You should have added that. I probably should. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, just a bad call, but I hope, I, I, you know what? D-Rod said they might do a rematch. I'd be fine with seeing that, you know, but, um, anyways, man. Not a whole lot to say about this one. Didn't really influence rankings too much or anything, but, uh, also a bad, very, very bad decision, but we'll see what happens with them in the future. Uh, and I'm sure both guys got paid, so that's the most important part. Um, Next up on the main card, this one was also a catchweight. We forgot to mention, the last two fights were catchweights. Uh, this one was also a catchweight, because apparently Macy Chase on was going to miss weight. Uh, she ends up fighting Irene Aldana at 140 pounds. This fight was, a, I'm not going to lie, this one was kind of a banger throughout the first three rounds. In round three, Irene Aldana lands an up kick to the liver and knocks up Macy Chase on. One of the most weird results we'll ever see, but Irene Aldana, dude, that girl's got that dog in her, man. Um, her boxing is slick. And she's slowly turning into one of the most entertaining fighters to watch at 100, women's 135 pounds. So we didn't get her, her performance and her getting the win. I mean, let, let's be honest, Josh. First round, amazing out of her, right? Crazy exchanges on the ground, uh, crazy positions, you know, ni- nice work on the feet. You know, second and third kind of come, it was looking kind of, you know, it was looking a little dark there in some moments, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, she ended up getting the finish, sick finish. I mean, I mean, that's going to have to be, I mean, one of the highlights of the year, maybe one of the finishes of the year. I don't think we'll see anything as unique as that, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's up there with Joaquin Buckley's knockout as, as far as uniqueness, you know? 100%. I mean, you're not going to see that, like, again. like For a while. For a very long time. Like, that's the first time I've ever seen that, and I've seen a lot of fucking MMA in my life. Yep. Never, I never even thought about it happening like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that's the other thing, too. Mm. Yeah, man, just crazy. But dude, Irene Aldana said she wants a title shot next. Um, I don't know what Amanda Nunes is gonna do. I know that she she put a like a what is it the eyes emoji about a fight on the undercard where a certain Brazilian got a win. 
and we'll talk about that in a bit. But you know, if, if Amanda Nunes wants to fight at 135 next, I think I right now Donna makes the most sense. Um, her, her, or Caitlin Vieira, I guess. But you know, maybe they maybe those those two should honestly fight. But um, anyways, man. Lastly, on the main card, opening up the event, uh, the pay-per-view portion, anyways, was Johnny Walker defeating Ian Cotelaba, the Brazilian, uh, also known as uh, Walker Johnny Da Silva. Uh, <laughs> God, because Johnny Walker's not his real name. Um, <laughs> uh, that's an inside joke. But anyways, yeah, uh, he ends up getting a submission around one. Uh, I, I don't want to say Johnny Walker's back. But this is a damn good performance by him, getting a submission win. What'd you think? I mean, he needed it, right? He needed it. He got it. It was it was a finish. I mean, it was it was everything he could have asked for. One hundred percent, dude. I mean, Eon came out looking good too, but Johnny Walker, he stayed calm, ended up reversing position, gets the rear naked choke, keeps his ranking, and gets his first win since I can double check real quick. Ryan's fan in September twenty twenty. Yeah, Johnny Walker, man, if he can put it all together, like, I truly believe he's shown, even in his losses, I thought especially the Thiago Santos fight, like, he shows that he has the potential to be, like, a a contender, you know? But he just can't put it all together. But I think he's getting close, man. I think this win goes a long way in that. But, anyways, man, as far as the undercard goes... Wait, I have a question of, to bring up. Did you, yeah, see the, did you see the whole thing where he got, like, supposedly kicked out with no shoes or nothing? He was walking to the new... Las Vegas Strip and just his uh, his fight shorts. Yeah, and Beast Boy didn't get a ride back home from the hospital, so UFC is just fucking terrible. By the way, if anybody did pick up our our boy Chris Barnett, shout out to them, right? Because he yeah, was right? he, he was like someone come he was like someone pick me up, please. And I was like, dang, I would if I could. They are just terrible. They do are. We, do we know? Do we know exactly what happened or why they were in those scenarios? Like, I heard a rumor that the reason why they went in. Kicked out John Walker because he didn't want to wear the rock shoes, but I don't know if that's confirmed. Because a lot of people wow. hate on those shoes because of like the whole deal. Like they gotta promote him and they got, but they're not gonna be paid for it. Like at least with like Venom, they get paid like a little bit, but they don't get. They're not getting paid to promote the rock shoes apparently. Oh, okay. So that could be it. I know. I know Nate talked about that, but I again, I don't know if that's confirmed. I, that was off the script too with Nate. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of weird if that's why I got kicked out. But they they did kick out Johnny Walker like right after. Like that was just so fucked up, dude. Like. Just, just ridiculous. Um, but anyways, man, I mean that was just terrible, just so embarrassing for promotion. Like I love, I like, I love fighting, but the UFC I hate is like a company. It's weird, um, just gross. But anyways, as far as the undercard goes, uh, there were a couple of bangers on this one. Uh, which fights do you most want to talk about? I'm mean, gonna talk about, I mean, the highlight fight of the night: Chris Barnett versus Jake Collier. Man, the Kung Fu Panda, he did it. Did you end up rewatching this one? I did. It was it was a sick fight, man. Oh, I, yeah. For two rounds, it was it was insane. I mean, that's that's the shit you live for, right there, man. When you're watching these kind of fights. Hmm. One hundred percent, dude. I mean, this was as good as it gets. I mean, Jay Collier is a legit guy too. I mean, like he may not have the best record. I understand since he moved to heavyweight, he's kind of had some mixed results, but. He looked good in this one. He came out firing early. He hurt Chris in, like, the first 20 seconds. But then Chris Barnett just, he had that dog in him, man, and he just bit down on the fucking mouthpiece and just went to war. And he got the win in the second round. This is one of, honestly, one of my fights of the year. Honestly, like, it's in that in that discussion. This was just an extremely entertaining fight. Like, 
Neither one of these guys are going to be in the rankings, but god damn, was this an entertaining fight. And Chris Barnett, a guy that's been through so much, man. I mean, unspe- like, if you guys don't know, you know, his wife, you know, uh, thir- I believe it was, um, he got, he got, like, the call, like, 30 hours before his last fight, they're like, yeah, you're, you might have to make a decision on if you want to pull the plug or not, because his wife had encephalitis, um, which is just a crazy fucking sickness, dude. I mean, Jesus Christ. I didn't even know that was, like, a, a really big thing, but... Yeah, 30 hours before his fight, his last fight, I mean, that, and he fought. Pa- yeah, she ended up passing away the following month, but, yeah, I mean, that is just a crazy thing to have to deal with, and he ended up losing that fight, because Martin Boudet's a, a dirty fuck. Um, it's just, I have no problem saying that. If you, if you hit a guy in the back of the head multiple times throughout the contest, I'm, you know, you're a dirty fighter. Um, that's not, that's not an unintentional thing. But anyways, uh, he ended up losing that one by technical decision. Should have been an EQ. Comes back as a fight through just an insane, just Jake Collier was putting it on him. And he comes back and he somehow turns around and gets the knockout in round two. I mean, Chris Barnett, dude. That's a feel-good moment there, man. He missed weight, but Dana said he'll take care of him. So I'll say that that's at least that's one good thing. I hope that they keep him around, dude. I mean, that may have been the last fight on his deal. No, they're going to bring him back. They're definitely going to bring him back. I feel like they, there's no way they don't, right? They better. Yeah, they better bring him He's back. He's been entertaining. He seems like a nice guy. He seems probably easy to work with. Only issue is he didn't make what he wants at heavyweight. But at least yeah. they could tell him, like, hey, we know you're going through some shit, or he can explain that. And I feel like yeah. they could work with him. Like, there's... There's some form of reason there. I don't feel like there's any reason they should get rid of him because if they do, that's just that's just fucking that'd be terrible. Man. Yeah, that'd be terrible. So let's hope that they don't. Let's hope they resign him. But um, yeah, man. Also on the intercards, uh, your boy Jelton Almeida. God damn, this kid's the future, man. I mean, he, he is, called man. It, you called it a while ago, but he looks very good, and he beats uh, UC debuting Anton Turkalaj, maybe potentially. But anyways, yeah, he dominated him. So. Um, gonna be very interesting to see what he does next. He's gotta get a ranked fighter next, and may- maybe they rebook the Shamil fight, but I even thought that was kind of like a lopsided matchup already. Um, but at the same time, I don't wanna push this kid too hard, you know? Like, who do you think he should fight next? Bro, just give him a ranked fighter. It doesn't matter who it is. I mean, it doesn't can... matter as long as it's ranked? As long as it's ranked. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I mean, yeah. they're gonna give him a guy at heavyweight, too. They wasn't even, cause he fights at 205 normally. Doesn't he, like, go back and forth? He does, but he weighs in, like, really light. You know what I mean? He's not, like, a true heavyweight, but because I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure his, his main weight class is, is 205. Like, he's weighed in for 205. Like, he's had to, like, I think he's picked up a lot of fights for the most part. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I guess I, we fought Parker Porter heavyweight, and he fought Danilo Marquez. Is that Was that another heavyweight? That was light heavyweight. There you go. And then on the contender series, he was light heavyweight. So he, I guess he does go back and forth, but it's, I'm pretty sure it's more or less of a thing of he wants to fight. Mm-hmm. Cause he weighed in at 224 versus Parker Porter. Yeah. Which, and then he weighed in at 220. So it seems like this is, you know, he, he's at that kind of like 205 cut weight, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of why I like that he kind of bounces back and forth between the weight classes. Honestly, it's kind of cool, but that is legit. Yeah. That's awesome. He does that. Much respect to him for just wanting to fight. He's been super active. Mm hmm. But yeah, man, solid performance by him. Um, Julian Arosa picked up a solid whenever Hakeem Dawadu. Very surprised how lopsided that one was. I know Hakeem had a really bad weight cut, but yeah, man, uh, Julian Arosa looked really good in that fight, man. Um, he's solid just, win by he's him. that guy. He is that guy. Um, Jimmy Pickett losing by knockout. That was a rough one. Uh, Norman Dumont, man, taking on Danielle Wolf. I mean, this 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 was kind of what we expected, though, right? Like this this was going to be. I one did of, not expect it to be as lopsided as it was. I'll put it like that. 
But you knew it could have been, though. Yeah, I mean, I I could see that the fight would be certain loss. But even on the feet, man, I mean, on the feet, Nora Dumont, I've always said she's she might be the most underrated fighter throughout the entire UFC because people always talk shit about women's 145, and I'm like, dude, like, if, if one, women's 145 was, like, a legitimate weight class, Nora Dumont would have a lot more attention. Cause she's, like, a fun fighter. She puts on a good show. You know, and she's very, very good. Like, she's a legitimate, like, she beat Aspen Lab, Felicia Spencer, like, oh, now Danielle Wolf. She's very, very good. So, um, kind of disappointed that she's not getting the respect that she deserves. But at the same time, man, like, she looked good. Danielle Wolf, we'll see what happens with her, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, she's 39. We always knew there's a possibility. I was a bit surprised at how lopsided it was, but, um... I mean, know, she has a Contender City's contract. You know it's more than one fight, so... Yeah, I just meant more, like, a woman's 145. Like, who's she, who's she gonna fight? Like, I know they have that one that one French lady, uh, Zara Farn, I think, who fought Megan Anderson. But, um... Yeah, man, overall, just... Solid performance by Norma Dumont getting the win, and maybe she'll get a title shot next. I know that Amanda Nunes says she wants to fight at 145 next and take a break from 135 because she fought two times in a row there, which I'd be fine with. I think that, uh, you know, Norma Dumont probably deserved a title shot after she beat Aspen Ladd, considering that, like, they will give title shots out like candy at one four, women's at 145. So, um, yeah, man, we'll see what happens with her next. As far as the rest of the card goes, there's a couple of nice fights on the prelims, but yeah, man. Overall, UC 79 went from being, like, one of my least, like, I, I was going to dress, when I, when I was going to hang out with the boys, I was going to go dress up like I was going to a funeral, because Nate was going to die. Uh, instead, ends up being a really fun night of fights, and that's exactly what you lo- love to see. Um, but there are some fights this weekend. Uh, UC Vegas 60, going down from the uh, UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, overall, man, it is not a super stacked card by any metric, but there is a couple of very solid fights um, just throughout this thing and uh, be on ESPN+. And the main event, man, uh, Corey Sandhagen taking on Song Yudong at a huge fight of uh, 135 pounds. Corey Sandhagen has lost two in a row, but they were about as close as it gets. Peter Yan uh, in a fight for the interim belt last October, and that fight was a banger and very, very close. Sandhagen had some really good moments early. Ended up losing over the course of the fight, but, man, that was a super entertaining fight. One of my favorite fights in 2021. Before that, he lost a split decision to TJ Dillashaw. Sitting on uh, Song Dong, one of the hottest guys at 135 right now, man. This, this kid is 24 years young. He's won three fights in a row. and something like seven of his last eight in the UFC. Um, I think it's even more than that, actually. But I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Uh, but he's beaten names like Marlon Vera, Alejandro Perez, Julio Arce. And last time out, he knocked out Marlon Marais. Ended up being Marais' retirement fight. First main event of his career, Angel. Huge fight for the 24-year-old Song Gadong. Do you think he gets it done in prime time? I mean, he's getting to step up in competition, right? Like, uh, you, you kind of put it in, you look, you look at his fights, right, in hindsight, right? You know, makes sense to kind of pull them up the right way. Obviously, he took out a veteran like, uh, like Marlon. At the same time, though, he's taking out some guys with some decently sized records, guys with a lot of experience, like Alejandro Perez, obviously, uh, win over Cheeto, uh, you know, guys like that. And, I mean, this is, this is a tough fucking fight. I mean, Corey Sanhagen is that guy. Like, I'm trying to think who you could equate him in another division, but he's fought, I mean, the who's who's in this division, the, the Piotr Durand, the TJ Dillashaw, the Frank Hager, the Molly Marais, Al Jermaine's, Javier Alessandro, 
I mean, everybody at the top, John Lineker, like, it doesn't get any more difficult than that. And he's beat some of those guys and given some of those guys some hard-ass fights. And some of the best fights I think we had last year. I mean, I, I put uh, Peter Jan, uh Sanhagen as one of the best fights of last year. And this guy's a fucking highlight, man. He's long. He's, 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 uh, how do I put it? Hard to read. And he has a pretty style. He's, uh, he's, he's a special guy, man. And especially coming out of that elevation team, I mean, he has a lot of good people to work with. He's brought in some guys too during camps to, to work with. And Song Yudong, I mean, he comes out of a great camp himself, Team Alpha Male. I mean, when it comes to, to this division, there's no better coaches that you can have in that corner and no better training partners that you can have. I mean, that, that, that's, that's a camp that had, uh, you know, Justin Benefitas, Lance Palmer, currently Julian Pavi. I mean, so on and so forth. Andre Phillips would be fighting on this card. I, I have a weird feeling that Song Yudong's coming out party, man. It's going to be a tough fight. We're going to see a lot. It's a five round. It's going to be a banger. You, you know, I, if, if you go against uh, Song Yudong, I wouldn't be surprised, Josh, because, I mean, the kid's 24. Mm. You don't realize it. He's 19 and 6 and 1. But he's he is very, very young, and he's put on a lot of miles, a lot of experience. And uh, he's getting the big step up in competition against Corey Sagan. I think he's going to be able to do it. It's going to be a tough one. Believe me, I could see Corey Sagan taking this fight in, uh, in, in an impressive fashion as well. But I, I think it's Song Yudong's coming out party. I, I was went back and forth between this one, but I think Team Alpha Male is going to come up with a good game plan and, and, and somehow take down Corey Sanhagen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't blame you for picking uh, Song Yudong. I've gone back and forth on this fight all week, man. I think this is a very interesting fight, and it's one that I could absolutely see Song Yudong winning. However, I am going to go ahead and take Corey Sanhagen. I think this might be a bit too much, a bit too soon. Song Yudong, I have no doubt that there's going to be a time and a place where he's a UFC champion. But 24 years old, man, um, and he's looked good lately, especially considering he started getting finishes, which is huge. But I don't know, man. I, I just think Corey Sandhagen's at the place right now where I think he's still arguably the best fighter in the division. Arguably, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I, I on the feet. Let me let me rephrase. On the feet, he might be the best fighter in the division. You know what I mean? Um, He's very, very good. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I'm going to take Corey Sanhagen to get the win. I would not be surprised at all if Song Yudong pulls it off, though. But uh, that remains to be seen. But there's no doubt about this, though. It's going to be a hell of a fight. These two guys come to bang every single time. It's going to be a very exciting fight. I'm glad these two are getting five rounds, man. Like That's that's the best part. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be an excellent fight going down on Saturday. And the co-main event spot. Interesting fight here. Um Two guys who are kind of looking to break into the top 15 at 185. Chidi and Jukwani, who right now is having a hell of a second, like, run. I guess that's probably the best way to put it. Uh, former, like we talked about it before, great guy in Bellator. Beat some huge names, but eventually he got released in Bellator. He lost a couple of fights in a row, started missing weight. Um, but then he comes back. He takes a couple of years off. He ends up fighting like the contender series in 2021. He and wins by knockout, and he's won two straight fights by knockout in the first round. He's looked excellent. It looks like he's going through a second prime at the age of 33. Love to see it. But then he's facing Gregory Rodriguez, RoboCop out of Brazil, incredible on the ground. And now he's starting to mix up things on the feet as well. Knocked out Julian Marquez in his last fight in the first round in June. Uh, he is three and one in the UFC. Very good fight here. What do you think? It's a banger, man. Honestly, uh, the co-main had, you know, fallen out. Uh, 
I think uh, Giga had to pull out. Do we know why? Was it injury, visa issues? Do we know at all what occurred? Uh, we do not know. Regardless, um, not a bad co-main event. Do you? If you're, you know, if you're a casual, do you know these names? Maybe not. Probably not. Right. Let's be honest. But you will be entertained. Uh, Shinji Jaquani is a highlight man, and Gregory Rodriguez comes out to bang. Honestly, out of all the fights that they could have put in a co-main, this is probably one of the best, if not the best. I'd say probably Andre Philly, Bill Algeo is probably a good run-up, and that's the fight right before. So yeah. don't complain. <laughs> They're going to come out here. They're going to have a heck of a performance. Uh, I'm just curious to see, man, is Chidi going to engage in a war? Is Gregory going to engage in a war? I mean, both these guys are heavy-handed. Someone's going to sleep, Josh. If this goes to a decision, I'll be very surprised. I'm picking Chidi and Jaquani. I want to see the train continue. Yeah, dude, I want to see the train continue as well. I think he's on a great run right now, but I got a weird feeling, man. Um, I, I don't want to see it happen. I've loved Chidi ever since I first saw him fight Belt way back in the day. But I think Gregory Rodriguez gets the win, man. I think that um, – Oh, we split here. I love this. Yeah, first time we split on both fights in a long time. Um, I think he's I think he's just really, really dangerous, man, and I think he's going to pull off the win, especially if it hits the mat, so – I'm going to go and take Gregory Rodriguez, man. I think he has the higher ceiling. And I think that, like, Chidi and Jugawani is, like, going to be 34 soon. And he's kind of going through, like, the second prime. But there's probably going to be a point where he's going to fall off. And he's always had a bit of a problem on the mat. So I, I'm i going to go ahead and take Gregory Rodriguez to get the win. I would not be surprised at all if it ends up going the other way, though. So, um, yeah, man. This this is going to be in a hell of a fight. And I think you make a very good point. This is probably the best fight they could have replaced. Um the co-main event, so, or to be the new co-main event, I mean, but anyways, man, um, as far as the rest of the card goes, there's some solid matchups on here, uh, but which ones are you most looking forward to talk about? Let's go down one, Andre Philly, Bale Geo, man, uh, last time out, rough one for Andre Philly, dude, getting caught by, uh, Tyrannus Brito, or Brito, I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, mm-hmm. finished in the first round, got dropped, and then just ground and pounded, and, uh, it was a tough one, man. And before that, I think he had a no contest in a fight which he was looking good in. And it's just been a tough out these last two, man. He, he's uh, he's taking on Bill Algio, who fought his his last opponent and is running a two-win streak here with his last opponent in Herbert Burns. Uh, but Herbert had a pretty odd fight, if you remember that. That was the one where he got exhausted in and yeah. his brother carried him out. So interesting there. Uh, I'm curious to see how it plays out. Nevertheless, I, th- I think it, it, could, it should be a banger, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. It's going to be a banger of a fight. I didn't think that he got exhausted. I thought he got hurt, but I could be Mr. Memory. I mean, that's what that. they have listed on Tapology, but oh, okay. did we ever clear it up? No, I don't I don't think so, but I remember thinking that it was an injury, but It seemed maybe... like it at the time. We didn't, we didn't. I don't know if we ever found out. Yeah, that could be it, but... Um, yeah, man, this call, this card has a lot of solid matchups. Uh, like you mentioned, Andre Filia and Bill Aguillo should be a banger. Tanner Bozer is back. That's our guy. Uh, yeah, 100%. The, the, the Canadian, the Canadian psycho, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, hell of a guy. Uh, very entertaining. So that should be fun. He's going to be taking on Rodrigo Nascimento. Um, so that should be a fun fight. I believe that one is opening up the card, but UC Sleeves update their lineup, at least according to Wiki. Uh, so we don't know. But, um, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Um, on the undercard, man, there is a lot of good matchups, actually. This is a, this is a very heavy card. What is there, 15 fights on this fucking thing? Like, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of fights on this card, man. Um, yes, sir. Anthony Hernandez 
Fluffy is going to be back. It's Mark Andre Barriol. That should be a banger. Damon Jackson, Pat Sabatini. That should be a banger. Trevin Giles, Luis Koshi. It's a hell of a fight. Joe Pfeiffer, very hyped up prospect. He's going to be returning. Aspen Ladd, who really needs a win, honestly. Lost two in a row. And one of those was like that fight of a featherweight where like she had missed weight really badly. Her fight before that, like, and it got canceled. She's taking on Sarah McMahon, who is 41 and still doing the damn thing. Um, and she's like coming off a win over Carol Hosa. Before that, she had a really close fight with Juliana Pena. So yeah, uh, Loma Look and Me is going to be returning like low key, one of the most entertaining fighters like in the UFC, like a Muay Thai fucking G who transitioned to MMA back in like 2018. And she just, her UFC fights, if you look at them, they're just, they've all gone a decision, but they've all been extremely entertaining, especially her fight with Angela Hill. Um, and, and Lupi Godinez is also super entertaining. Um, yeah, that's essentially most of the fights I want to highlight. Lastly, my girl Maria Agapova, who is uh, nicknamed Demon Slayer. Uh, I got to be honest, this, this, she she does not seem right. You know that that girl ain't right. But at the same time, goddamn, is she entertaining, dude? Like this is like um, she's coming off a loss to Marina Moroz. Before that, she beat uh, Sabina Mazo, probably the best performance of her career. She's uh, this is gonna be her fifth UFC fight. She's taking on Jillian Robertson, and uh, she's taking this one on short notice. So. Um, Going to be an interesting fight. Very interesting. Uh, Julian Robertson also needs a win. She's lost three or four. So, should be a very, very fun fight. Is there any fights that I may have missed? I wanted to highlight a, a guy I saw on the Contender Series, Daniel Zellhuber, man. 23 years young, the golden boy out of Mexico, making his official debut in the UFC. I believe he was, uh, I don't think he had turned 23 yet. He was, I think he was 22 at the time when he fought. I could be wrong, or he might have already been. Regardless, He's uh he's coming in and making his UFC debut, 12-0, perfect clean sheet, a lot of finishes before he came in, went the distance on the container series, tough fight against his opponent, actually his opponent's won two fights since then, uh, one in the UFC, one outside of the UFC, both finishes, uh, so if that shows the kind of caliber opponent he'd beat, and that that same fighter is also scheduled to fight in a pay-per-view coming up soon, against a pretty good opponent, so for damn, he has a lot of time, he's young, he has a tough opponent though, uh, Trey Ogden, 15 and 5, older than him, decent bit of experience. Not going to be an easy one for him at all. Kind of curious to see how he does. Uh, and then Tony Grayley, man, he's a guy I always have to highlight. He, you, you see the record and, and uh, it's big, it's massive. He has a lot of experience. He's finally strung two together. Let's see if he could kind of keep it rolling against the uh, UFC, uh, I guess, newcomer because he fought in the contender series. Well, actually, no, he did make his debut earlier this year against Trevin Jones. Uh, Curious to see what happens there. I think that should be another banger. But as far as highlighting fights, I mean, those are the only two I wanted to touch up on. Yeah, those are a couple of good highlights. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, this is a very solid card. Very, very solid card. Not huge on name value, but, like, for the hardcores like us, do, like, there's a lot of good matchups on here. Like, it should be a lot of fun. But it's not the only combat this weekend. We have a, a huge boxing match, about as big as it gets. Um... Kel Alvarez making the return for the first time uh, since he lost in May uh, up at light heavyweight against Dimitri Bivol. Got pretty lopsided loss in that one. Um, they tried to rob him, but they couldn't. Ends up losing by decision. Uh, he's moving back down to 168 to defend his super middleweight title as unified champion there. He's taking on the unified 160-pound champion, Gennady Golovkin, for the third time. Third and likely final time. They fought two times back in 2017 and 2018. First time was one of the worst uh, decisions I've ever seen. Uh, it was a split decision. 
uh, excuse me, split draw. So nobody won that one. Uh, they're supposed to fight in May, but then Canelo tested positive for steroids and moved it back to September. Ended up fighting in September, and uh, Canelo went to a very controversial majority decision. Ends up handing Gennady his first loss of his career. Gennady has not lost since then. He's won four fights in a row, I believe. Uh, but he's definitely gotten older, man. He's now 40 years old. Um, still very, very good. There's no doubt about it, but... Uh, he's now 40 years old, and he's gone through a lot. He's taken a lot of damage. He's taking on a Canelo, but will, you know, Canelo, maybe he's changed a little bit, coming off the first loss in a decade. Uh, he, you know, maybe it's a good stylistic matchup for Gennady, but a lot of people are uh, siding with Canelo in this one. I believe he's like a 4-1 to favorite. Uh, as a Gennady fan, you know, what do you think about this matchup? Because personally, I think I, we talked about this fight when it got announced. I was not high on it. I'm still not very high on it. Uh, so what do you think about it, man? I mean, Canelo's Canelo's peaked, man. We've seen it. He peaked super hard this last year. I mean, he was he was at peak of peak, man. You couldn't peak any harder. And he's fighting a guy who's slowing down. He's on the other end. You know what I mean? It's it seems like he's nearing the end of the career. Obviously, he's not done. He's not uncompetitive. He's winning fights. But we saw in that Sergey Dervinchenko fight back in 2019 that they there was some change, you know, and. And there was a controversy in that fight. I don't, I don't remember if people necessarily thought he lost, but they, they thought, you know, they, they had some opinions, you know. And now in 2022, we stand here. We're getting the third fight. We're getting the trilogy. Look, I think it'll be a banger. These guys know each other. They're going to be extremely competitive. It, it, it could be a master class still of a boxing match, man. I don't think people should write off Gennady at any point in this match because, I mean, clearly he still has the skill. He's finished guys. He still has power. He still knows boxing. He's not gone mm-hmm. yet. Obviously, there's there's been some there's been things that have uh that are gonna change because that's just that's father time man. it's gonna happen it's gonna catch up to him at some point. I mean this this is gonna be one last really good look at how competitive he can be, and if he wins, man, what a perfect way to to, to, to capitalize and, and finally get one over a guy. And if he decides to retire after this, I don't know if he's talked about retirement, but I'm sure it's not far from the picture, man. Mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, I know that um, Gennady was joking around this week that, you know, like, oh, well, I'm glad the Canelo decided to wait, did not decide to wait until I was 50 to do it, you know? Like, I'm, I'm still a young man, you know? Like, he's making jokes about it, about, you know, his age and whatever, but look, man, he's still game as it come, you know? Like, he's still game as fuck, and he's coming off a big knockout win earlier this year. At the same time, man, as much as I like Gennady, this is very clearly designed for Canelo to go out and end this rivalry, get a big knockout. I will say, I don't think he knocks him out, but I am going to pick Canelo, and I'm assuming you're on the same page. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's, I mean, let's be honest. One, like I told you, one guy's peaking, one guy's slowing down. Yeah, which is just a shame, man. It is It is a shame that there's a very good possibility that Canelo's going to end this series with no wins. Like, it just... I thought he won both fights. The second one was way closer than the first, but I don't see how you can give Canelo more than four rounds in the first fight. I even I re- yeah I rewatched it yesterday. First time I rewatched it since the fight happened because I was so angry at the result, and I was like, you know what? It's been like five years. I should sit down and watch the fight, and all it did was piss me off more. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, it's just a shame, but I mean, I'll watch the fight. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, just 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 a shame, you know. Um, it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, it, it should be a fun fight uh, and a fun night of fights on Saturday. But there is a lot of news to go ahead and hit, and I think the biggest one is we ended last week's show talking about Jake Paul and Anderson Silva. And this is not a joke, guys. Uh, we filmed that, what, Tuesday, Wednesday? 
um, literally less than 15 minutes after we got off the call and ended the fucking podcast, and they announced the fight. So, yeah, now it's official, official Jake Paul, the problem child, taking on Anderson, the spider Silva, October 29th, 187-pound catch weight. I, uh, according to Jake, Anderson's team asked for that just because they didn't want to cut down to 185. He's 47. They'll allow it. Eight rounds, Showtime main event. It's official, man. Um, Jake opened up as a uh, two-to-one favorite. Anderson's now the favorite. Um, it'll be the first time Jake will be an underdog for the first time in his career. What do you think about the match? Do you think it was the right booking? Do you see any of the press conference that happened yesterday? What were your thoughts? I mean, it seemed like it was pretty respectful for a Jake Paul press conference, wasn't it? Surprisingly. Yeah, it was, it was very respectful, which was surprising. But he was, he said, somebody asked him that. It's like, well, all my opponents were fucking assholes, you know? Like, <laughs> if I didn't fight fucking assholes, I wouldn't, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be an asshole. You guys made me this way, the Gordon Ryan, right? Right, yeah, essentially. The Gordon Ryan way. I, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, once you're an asshole to me, it's just a completely different story. Which, I mean, I kind of get, but you know, it's besides the point. Uh, no, it's fun, man. It's fun. It's fun for Anderson. If Anderson wins, I mean, what a fucking W for the MMA community and for Anderson himself, right? <laughs> like, best case scenario. Now for Jake, best case scenario if he beats Anderson too. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's right. I mean, this, this is, uh, this was an option closer in size. Obviously the age is, the issue still, but I mean, nevertheless, I think it'll be someone who pushed him. Awkward, difficult to prepare for. And Anderson is clearly still competitive, as we've seen. I mean, he took on a not too, you know, not a very, you know, not an old Julio Cesar Chavez said junior, but at the same time, junior has had his own issues. But even then, it's like for Anderson to come into the sport older, being not, you know, being finished and uh, not training this whole time. And putting on the performance he did, where he styled on a on a Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., who has a pretty impressive record for it is for what it is on record, but is clearly struggling in his career at this point. You know, pre- pretty impressive regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, I, this is the right booking. Um, I was very very surprised that uh, Jake was the favorite for as long as he was, which was you know not very long. But I'm surprised he opened as a favorite, I guess. Um, yeah, man, this was, uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'll tell you, I was, I didn't expect, I didn't really think I needed it, but then like they had Chael as like the MC at the, uh, the press conference and Chael's kind of playing the promoter role. I'm like, you know what? This is just dumb enough to work. Like, this is <laughs> like, I'm into it, dude. I'm honestly into it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. I do think that people are going to be surprised. Now, this is this is kind of giving away my prediction like a month and a half in advance, and obviously things can change. But I think people are going to be surprised because I've, I've gone back and actually watched uh, a couple of Jake fights just because I was like, you know what, I should probably do this because I, I was kind of getting worried, and I was like, oh, my God, he's probably going to knock out Anderson. And he can. He can. But I really do think some people are going to be surprised just how lopsided the fight is. Um. I don't think this fight's even going to be close. I think Anderson's going to beat the shit out of him. Look, um, it's going to, it's going to be one, it's going to go either one way. You know what I mean? It's either, like, Anderson completely shits and styles him and beats the fuck out of him. Or, it's like, for some reason, some godforsaken reason, it becomes competitive. Yeah, correct. And, and here's the thing, is I'm not, like, stating that it cannot, not be competitive. Because I think if there is a possibility, like, we've not seen Jake fight since December, and if you're a 24 year old on steroids that has nothing to do but train, and you like you pay guy, you pay nutritionist, you pay coach to be there twenty four seven. You said peg. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said paid, but 
You know, I don't know what he's into. Uh, but you know, right. I mean, if, I mean, if he's on if he's on trend, then. Oh boy! <laughs> I think they got him on trend, man. I don't think they got him. I think they got him on that like that Captain America type shit, man. Like they, they got they got him that Chris Hemsworth. Uh, dude, his, his head has grown like six sizes since he since he started boxing. Have you notice that? And he's balding. <laughs> he's balding ruthlessly. I think the biggest one is the head thing. Like, I just do me a favor, Google his head from like twenty. Dude, uh, you always you always mention heads, dude, with guys uh, potentially. Like you you brought this up about Marvin too about how he's head grown too. I mean, it's a it's a pretty big indicator, though. I only bring it up if it's so obvious. Jake's skull is fucking huge now. <laughs> Dude, his brain has just gotten that much bigger. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but anyways, man, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's the right fight to make. I and mean, here's the thing, though, is like, as much as I think, like, if if the Jake that comes out the fault fought Woodley will fight Anderson, he's gonna get fucked up ruthlessly. However, he can possibly make up a lot of ground of that in that nine months. It's not uh, unconceivable. But if he did not, he's going to get root. Like, dude, he swings at his eyes closed still. Like, he throws the same setups to the body. Like, he does that same – you know what my, my, like, early thought process was? Like, if he does that shit where like, he throws the jab to the body, every single time he dips his head, every single time, Andrew's going to fuck him up with an upper, uppercut, man. Like, I, I at, trust At the him. same time, though, Josh, I'm sh- like, Jake's camp must have seen something or believes – some has to have some sort of game plan for Jake to succeed. You know what I mean? That's the one thing you always yeah. got to think about. There's a reason they picked up this, you know, they picked this matchup and didn't go back with Hasim Rockman Jr. Look, or, this, with, this is, or with or with or with Fury. Think, I used to think that's why they um like they must have like a good eye on his skill level. But then once they booked him against Hasim, I don't think so because they watched Hasim fuck him up in sparring. <laughs> but well, not same, fuck him up, but 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 at the same time though, that fight didn't end up happening, you know. So yeah, but I don't know, man. Um. We'll see what happens. I'm intrigued to see what happens in this fight, and as it gets closer, I'm sure we'll find out more and more. But, um, you know, right now, very much leaning towards Anderson Silva. When, when is this uh, about happening? October 29th, Phoenix, Arizona. Wow, that is not far away, man. That is not nope. far away. We're only a month away. No. Wait, what day did you say? October 29th. On a Tuesday? Wait, no, I'm looking at that. Bro, book. you're tripping, man. What, you, oh, I was, look, I was looking at my, I was, I was looking at November. My bad, you're, my bad. You're fucking bugging, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> my bad. Hey, although, my they, although he did fight on a Sunday once, so who knows? I uh, mean, that was cool. Eh. Hey, complain all you want. I thought it was cool. <laughs> all right, but um, yeah, man, that should be a fun fight. But well, sticking on the subject of YouTube boxing, we forgot to talk about this fight. Um, and so did the entire world, because they did zero promotion for this fight. Any son Gibb taking on Austin McBroom in the Bank of uh, California Stadium in Los Angeles. There were like a thousand people in in, in 20K Stadium, and it, and it really seemed it, like it, you could see it that way on the broadcast. Like it was bad. Um, but dude, this fight probably the best YouTube boxing fight we've ever seen. Like. It, it's up there. It's in the conversation without a doubt. I mean, Austin McBroom comes out, knocks him down in round one, and, and even in round two, I mean, uh, McBroom is still style on him. He, he had really fast hands, but then Gibb, just, he's a fucking dog, dude. Like, there are some things that you can teach in boxing, and there's some things you can't. Gibb is the heart of a fucking lion, man. I mean, he came back, we were getting knocked down. And he ends up just knocking McBroom down four times, five times. Yeah, he fucked that boy up, bro. 
Yeah, and the last one, he was just ruthless. I mean, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, man, he ends up getting the win. What did you think? How entertained were you? And do you agree with my assessment that it might be the, By the, way, the greatest fight? In, uh, it went on so late. So it, fucking late, dude. I tr- I was yeah. falling asleep, not because I was bored, but because I was tired. I was all right, dude. I fell asleep. I did not watch this fight live. <laughs> I tried to, and I fell asleep, dude. I saw the, I mean, I saw a fair bit of it, but holy fuck, dude, did it end late. I mean, it has to be one of the most impressive YouTube boxing matches, uh, a single-handed uh, performance by an individual. Yeah, but for sure, dude. I think if you if you took this fight, like I even saw people on r slash boxing on Reddit, they were talking about it, like you know if you didn't know that these two were YouTubers, you'd be like, oh shit, this is just a pretty this, this guy, this this fucking uh, guy who's becoming a pro just shit on this other guy. Yeah, like, this is actually like a competitive fight that's actually really fun. Like, yeah, it, no, 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 it was it was yeah. you did you know Gibbert is doing a great job, man. He's doing it right, and I don't think he'll ever get the love he deserves, even when he's a decently sized name in YouTube. I mean, he has a couple million subs or a million subs, but. Yeah, no, he is, uh, he single-handedly had the best performance in all of YouTube boxing. I mean, look, we've had guys get finishes and stuff like that. Like, that's all cool. But mm-hmm. to see someone box the way he did, drop a guy, and then, you know, not, like, chase him down in a, in a you know, shitty way, but clearly show, like, some skill in the way he did, right? That That's mm-hmm. pretty impressive. And obviously, he, he they say he got knocked out. It looked more like a slip from another angle. It didn't seem like he even was phased by it at all, unless he was just that fucking stone-cold you know, of a killer, which if he was, I mean, fuck, man, I, I, kudos to you, man, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, no, it was, it was sick, and, uh, you know, even, like, even though you said, uh, they didn't get a lot of, like, press, it wasn't, like, crazy well-promoted, uh, or not that they didn't get a press, but they, the, the fight wasn't well-promoted as well as it could have been, they got a lot of attention, I mean, th- those, uh, e- the ESPN ringside, they got a lot of views on those shorts, dude. Like, you look at it, I think they were, they were in the, like, one of them was in the millions, like, 500k. I mean, there was also the Adrian Peterson, uh, knockout. No, yeah, that went viral, yeah. Yeah, that went viral, but not as viral as, uh, Gib, though, still. Yeah, because it was just such a crazy fight and such a crazy knockout. You don't see that sort of thing in YouTube boxing too often. Um, just two guys just go into fucking war like that. Like, they were willing to leave all that shit out in the ring, man. Like, you don't see that too often from two guys who are relatively novices. Um, super entertaining, like I said. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I, and essentially, I mean, I, let's talk about what happens next because I think the, the bigger thing here. Jake, where are you at? <laughs> no, I mean, Jake said he'd fight Gibb if he beats KSI, so. Do you think that KSI fight will happen? I mean, I, I really I don't, don't think it will, honestly. I, I don't know. I mean, they're cool. It could happen, but I don't know who Jake is going to fight. I, I think he should still go with Tate. I feel like that's still like a fucking like crazy – like that could sell stupid pay-per-view, you know? It could, like if, yeah. I mean, if you said Tate or uh, Gibb, I'd, I'd go Tate if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. I feel uh, like Jake is going to get creative because I don't think he wants to box Gibb. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, he doesn't have to. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. I think it makes more sense for him to fight uh, Le'Veon Bell than it does Gibb, honestly. <laughs> I think I can see that happening. I mean, that'd be cool. By the way, Le'Veon Bell taking in that fucking uh, adjustments from the corner, giving him the setup for the, the finish. I mean, that was sick. If you saw He's that, got but... hands. He's trained in boxing for a long time. Well, he had another boxing match, too, against uh, – who was that? Did he? I thought he, I could have swore he did another exhibition, wasn't it? Wasn't that on the – on the one that, uh, what's his name was, I can't remember. No, 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 hold on. You're thinking of Frank Gore. Frank Gore had one? Oh, it was Frank Gore and the basketball player, right? 
Yeah, Frank Gore and Deron Williams. Dude, what the fuck is I just it just occurred to me, what is with NFL running backs in boxing? I, I think got, I, I think funny enough though, he think he did want a, about then or he was in talks for it or something. I, I could have sworn he was mentioned at another time. So yeah, after after Jake knocked out Woodley, he called the fight Jake and Jake said no. That's what it was. And then he said he's gonna start boxing. And Frank Gore, who fought in the undercard of that fight, lot of that uh event. He lost to Deron Williams, but then he made his, that was an exhibition. He made his boxing debut earlier this year and knocked the dude out cold. Flattened him. So, yeah, man. And now Adrian Peterson's boxing. All these motherfuckers are boxing, man. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I could, I could honestly see, like, Le'Veon Bell getting a bit, fighting KSI next or something like that. Um, I don't think he'll fight Gibber, and I honestly don't want to see it either, because those two guys are, are good friends. I, I mean, do you really want to derail that for, for a fight with fucking Jake Paul, man? Like, but, um, anyways, we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, granted, I, I mean, who knows what JJ has in mind? Like you said, he's been creative. He's, he's a fucking, I mean, he, that man knows how to make money, dude, at the end of the day, let's be honest, and, I mean, at some point he'll fight Jake, right? It's inevitable, right? It's like Dana said, you know? Like, it has to be, right? Like, there's no way it's, they don't, they don't meet up at some point. It's the only fight that is inevitable in YouTube boxing because there's no these both those guys could both lose and still remain draws. Like yeah, I mean, they, it, they I could think, both lose and go into a match with each other. Here's my prediction: I think I think Jake will fight Anderson next month. I think he will lose. I think this is just my layout for his career. This, this will be JJ's life. dream, right, right now. Yeah, this is just this is just my my forecasting Jake's career, by the way. But I think he's gonna lose to Anderson next month. I think KSI will fight Le'Veon Bell or some insert random name here in like mm-hmm. December or January. I think he will beat them and then they will fight in like May or June at Wembley. I think Jake will win and then he will fight Nate sometime in the fall. Interesting. Uh-huh. That's my right. bold prediction. What, what if uh, what if Jake beats Anderson? Does that just fuck everything up? It has to, right? Kind of, because that means I think Jake. I think if Jake beats Anderson, he's going to want to fight Nate immediately next. Which I mean, they would probably set that up as soon as possible, right? Just yeah. Which, by the way, over on this, I don't even want to see that fight in any capacity. I think that fight is. I mean, honestly, as much as I love Nate, I think that fight's lopsided. Josh, he trained with Andre Ward twelve years ago. He trained. Andre Andre Ward said he put in some good work. Josh, he trained with Andre Ward. I don't even doubt it. But here's the thing, dude. Like Nate doesn't even throw punches. He throws like slap punches now. Dude, he, he's a striker, Josh. Like, I could see Nate winning if he gets to, like, the late rounds, but, like, he's super hittable, and he, like, his offense isn't very good anymore. Also taking a lot of damage. Like, taking yeah. a lot of damage, so I don't necessarily want to see that fight, but, you know, I guess it'd be interesting to see in, in, the, in the aspect of, like, you know. But, Josh, he's a firefighter. Wrong guy. Oh, wait, my bad. Oh, wrong guy. Wrong guy. Wrong guy. Wrong guy. Wrong guy. Wrong guy. <laughs> Uh, anyways, man, yeah, that's, that's, that's the deal with that fight, but since we're, uh, you know, sticking talking about fights, man, this one just happened this morning. So, Tyson Fury, who we've not talked about in a minute, um, he wanted to fight Usyk in December. Usyk's like, dog, I just spent time on the front lines. I, I guess he heard his rib against, or some part of, like, he dealt, he got some injury against Joshua, right? Mm-hmm. He's not gonna be able to fight in December. But you know who is? Anthony Joshua. Fury made some call-out video, and I think most people assumed it's like all Fury call-out videos where it's not a sincere offer. But then Joshua called his buff. He's like, yeah, dude, I'll fight you in December. He's like, all right, well, it'll be a 60-40 split. He's like, all right, let's do it. 
And uh, now he's agreed to all the all the clauses, all the uh, you know, um, what is it, rematch clause, a bunch of other stuff. And now I guess according to Frank Warren, they're actually sending the contract today for that fight to happen in December December third. At um, I don't know the stadium. I think I think they might have already announced one, but they, I don't remember it off the top of my head. So, uh, Angel, thoughts on that one? Do you think it actually happens? And uh, what's your interest level? I mean, it's interesting. Just they got to sign the contract, right? Yeah, essentially. Fuck, man. I mean, it's. I mean, best case scenario for Joshua, right? I mean, if he wins that one, he's back where he was at on top of the world, right? England's mm-hmm. number one guy. I mean, I mean, it's. Pretty much the best thing he could ask for right now, but he's jumping into it pretty quick, which makes me think he's not in a good state of mind. Really? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's coming. Come on, Josh. Come on. Hip, hip. Hooray. No? Come on, Josh. Come on. No. You don't got to clown on the man. He's not even here to defend himself. I mean, and for Fury, I yeah. mean, he gets, he yeah, gets, sorry. he gets, he gets, sorry. he gets the best matchup he could get as far as Dame outside of Usyk, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I I disagree about the idea that he's not in the right mindset. I think this is actually the best move for him because I mean it's the best thing that could happen. That's what I said, but I feel like he's taking it very quick and prematurely after coming off a hard loss and clearly being and having some mental sort of distress, not admitting that he lost, which happens a lot to fighters. But still, like mm-hmm. it's not the move. But he's a good guy. He could he could box. Like it's it's his thing. He was close to beating Usyk in the second fight. He's very close. So he was, but then. He's about to take on the baddest man on the planet, Tyson Fury. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting if it, if it does indeed happen. I hope it does. And, and for Joshua, it's kind of a, it's kind of a win-win, honestly. Like, he, he gets another crack of the titles. I understand the idea of like, well, he's not getting a tune-up, but like. But if he loses though, dude, it's kind of like he locks himself out. Kind of. But I think Fury's close to retirement anyways. This is yeah, he is close only. to retiring, but, you know, it's, it, it's rough. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, but I think they both realize that they're both. It's okay, maybe, Josh. Maybe not Josh. If he doesn't get, if he doesn't get Fury, dude, he gets Bomb Squad. Bomb Squad. No, I think we're gonna see a Ruiz fight uh, Wilder if he wins. That's still interesting, though. No, one hundred percent. What if Elitis wins, dude? Huh? Just, just, what if Elitis wins? Right. It just depends on how how like washed Wilder is, you know. I mean, I don't think he's washed. We're gonna. I think. Well, I think. No, if... got the shit kicked out of him in two straight fights. True, but it was against Tyson Fury, though. No, no, I know, and I think he took a lot of damage. And when you're in your 30s, and you're a heavyweight, yes, you're not wrong. We'll, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean, Helene's went to war last time against fucking Kawanaki, right? Two times in a row went to war with him. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, those those were not easy. Those were not easy matches, if I remember right. Like he had a fight. Like he he beat him up. Don't get me wrong, but he also took some damage. Yeah, first one especially. He he got dropped if I remember correctly, and he had to come back. Man, Kawanaki. So, I was so high for Kawanaki. I was ready for big boy on big boy action. Andrew Ruiz versus Kawanaki. I mean, it could oh, still happen. God. I mean, if Kawanaki could get back on, the, I think he even lost his his most his uh, most recent fight too. He he lost another time since then. Oh, he he. Oh my God, he lost a young guy, right? Like a small record. Yeah, yeah, he lost to like a younger dude. Yeah, I mean, hey man, it happens. I mean, he could get back to him. But no, I mean, for Joshua, it's like best case scenario right now, man. He got the best possible next matchup he can get if he but i mean he's also in that kind of status where it's like he's a, he's a money fight guy like he needs to be fighting big names you know what i mean i agree yeah i agree you know they, um, they can't give him like a no disrespect but like an fa job you know what i mean or a michael hunter yeah and I'm not, no. I'm, not, I'm not trying to disrespect those guys but it's just like in comparison to anthony joshua there's 
he's a pretty big day. He's a pretty big draw. Yeah, no, I, I completely know what you mean. Um, yeah, I mean, I, if, this fight, if this fight doesn't happen, I'll be kind of irritated considering, like, they've – seems like we're actually really close to it. And especially considering if Usyk can't go, it's like, shit, this is the best fight to make. But obviously it remains to be seen if, if it actually is made, especially at heavyweight with Tyson Fury. Dude, like, we've had so many times that we'll give them the show and be like, Tyson Fury said this, and it doesn't end up happening. So um, – You just get your cocks, Yeah, but we'll see what happens. But um, – Last bit of news, and it is, it is, obviously, it's a, it's a terrible piece of news, but. It's a sad way to go out, but it has to be said. We'd be remiss to not, to not discuss, uh, one of, one of our, you know, it's actually kind of funny, um, friend of the show. Legitimately. Um, but you met Elias, right? I didn't, you know, I regret, you know, obviously now, and it's, it's like anything when you lose it. I regret not speaking to him when I went to Invict that, that day, Max Holloway, but you know, I saw him instantly. I remember, uh, well, I mean, you can, let's deliver the news first and then I'll kind of, yeah, okay. I'm well, sure we'll both share our stories just out of respect for him. Yeah, of course. So Elias Theodoro, former Ultimate Fighter, uh, formerly like won the tournament, I believe. Um, UFC veteran, former middleweight contender. I mean, he, he co-made events at a show in his, in his home country of Canada against De- Derek Brunson. Um, Invicta Ring Boy, marijuana advocate for like medicinal purposes. Um, Absolute stud. I mean, Absolute, let's, let's dying be honest. piece of a man. Let's just be honest. Dying piece of a man. You know, with all due respect, right? I mean, with all we, due we, respect. we could admit it. We could admit it. Dude, 100%, you know. Um, yeah, Elias Theodore, 34 years young, passed away uh, yesterday um, from colon cancer. Didn't tell anybody. Um yeah, man, just so fucking terrible. Just a terrible fucking situation. Um, one of the, one of the best of, in terms of like <clears throat> nice dudes, like Elias is right near the top of the list. And it's one of the reasons why I've always fucking hated the way that people treated him online. Because like, oh yeah, people people would make jokes about him because like his fighting style was a bit weird. But like, dude, he was a fucking class guy. And like, I I met and spoke to Elias multiple times. Luckily, I was I was lucky enough to meet him at Invicta, and he was a nice guy every single time. You know. He cannot have been more charismatic and a, and a better dude. Like it's just such a shitty, such a terrible situation, man. And I and I real quickly, I do want to share the story. It's not even my story, but Michael Chiesa. Do you see what his he, his story about? Dude, Elias? That was that was very sad, man. That was very sad. I, I listened to it and uh, yeah. I shed a tear. Yeah, Elias was. I guess he was friends with Michael Chiesa. Elias was friends with everybody. You know, he was a super nice dude. Like if you got like I whatever I was doing like at Victor stuff. Like I was like a, I was a teenager. I was nervous as fuck. But dude, Elias. Funnily enough, I, I think I told you this, this part of the story. Before I went and met up with Max Holloway, I was so nervous. And I talked to Elias. And he helped, and like, he legitimately helped calm me down because I was so nervous to talk to Max Holloway. <laughs> he's just such, he's just that dude. Like, he's such a nice guy. But Michael Kiesa shared a story about how he's going to do a press conference. And it's kind of like an impromptu thing, if I remember correctly. And he needed, a, he needed, he didn't have like any dress clothes. And Elias literally gave him a shirt to wear to this press conference. Um, or to do press or whatever, because he was just like, he literally gave him the shirt off his back. And people, you know, people say that phrase. He literally did it. Like he's that guy, and he never gave the shirt back to him. So he still um, has it. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, tell maybe maybe tell us your your thoughts about him, like your kind of experiences, and so on and so forth. You know, it's it's more it's a story like you like I said, man. It's one of those situations where once they're gone, you you have regrets. It, when we went to go watch Evict, I can't remember the exact card. You know which one it is, Josh. Back when Max Holloway came. Yeah, Victor 
whatever. Uh, right? Phoenix Rising 3, I think. Exactly. I believe so. And uh, I, we're, we go through the door. We're there. The Max Holloway meetup's about to start. And Elias walks in, dude, right through the front door. No back door, no nothing. Sunglasses, long hair out. He's holding something. I forget what he was holding. He might have been holding a shield. I don't even remember, dude. I can't. It was so quick. I saw him, and instantly I'm there with Nate. And, he, and then he's like, dude, it's the Spartan. And I was like, I was like, oh shit, you're right. He's like, that's that's a Elias Theodore. And I was like, I, I, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't say hi or anything. He walked by real quick. But it's funny because before we went, we were going to Invicta, and I was talking to him. I was like, dude, what about the ring girls we're about to see? You know, you know, <laughs> absolute chats. We go out there, you know, we get a, we're, you know, Nate, Nate, Nate regrets not saying hi to Megan Anderson. We meet Max Holloway. We go to our seats. Fight starts. We're like, oh man, ring girls. Like, and out of, out of, I don't know where we see Elias Theodore shirtless and as a perfect human being as he is step in the octagon and walk around and hype up all the women and i'm like well i can't hate on that physique no man and that's one of the scariest things about this is like if this can happen to elias d dory man like you know I, we talked about it in the green room but like you he know, looked like a demigod dude like he, he, he would never think that no, man would he, ever he get was, cancer he's 34 in and, he, and he had he had colon cancer you know and that's one of the things that like a lot of people don't get tests for because it doesn't really affect, like, younger men. But, I mean, it took Chadwick Boseman, took Elias Theodore. The dude was, you know, a literal fighter. Like, he fought less than – he fought in December, dude. Like With cancer. Yeah, I mean, we don't – yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, he would have I had mean, cancer at the time. He, he probably did have cancer at the time. I mean, there's no way he didn't, right? Like, at yeah. least early on. Timing-wise, yeah. Yeah, and uh, wow. I mean, what a, what, what a guy, man. It, it's so sad, and everybody speaks so well about him. It's um, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, it, and uh, I, I was work. I work overnight, so I got the news as it was happening. You know. Yeah. And uh, it was funny. It, 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 I saw Chris Curtis tweet. Like uh, it wasn't even like a tweet from anything else. It was Chris Curtis. He's like, "Holy fuck! I just oh, I just woke up from a nap, and Elias Theodore just passed away." And I was like, "Damn!" And by the way, you know, I'm, I, I I don't I don't mean to get a little angry here, Josh, but fuck everybody out there who was clickbaiting his death. And showing pictures of cars and, and shit like that. People do that? Yeah, dude. Because I, I, I was looking up news about it because I didn't know exactly what happened. But whoever, you know, and it was like, and, and by the way, I watched the video just out of curiosity. And then they mentioned that he passed from cancer. You know, to all the guys out there and or women or whatever the fuck you aliens, fuck you. You're, that's absolutely fucked up that you guys did that. And uh, and also to the people who clowned on him for his style, because I, I repeatedly saw his, his, his uh, name mentioned a lot of time in conversation and how he's a boring fighter and everything. You know, no matter what, man, however these guys fight, they fight to win. They they fight to, to, to get a paycheck. You know, if this, if this was you, I don't think you'd be going out there and fighting like a moron. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, yeah, I, don't mean, I don't mean to get a little bit of toxic. No, no, again, no. Josh. I mean, it, it, we'd be, but, we'd be but, remiss uh, not, to not discuss kind of like the details of that stuff because like, you know, he's a guy that's getting tributes and stuff. Like, people paid him when he was in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Like, they for real did. Like, they did not give a fuck about that guy. Like, um, because of his fighting style. And I always actually liked Elias because of his fighting style. That was really, it didn't look like, it, it was like a lot of connections. Or it didn't look like, I don't even think he got a knockout of the UFC. But it was so unique that dudes could not stop him. And he won, like, I don't know how many fights in a row. But it was enough for him to fight, like, in a co-main event, like, in Canada against Derek Brunson. Like, he was legit, so... um Yeah, no, but to all the people who clickbaited, like, actually, fuck you, like, terribly, like, 
you're a terrible individual for that and and putting up like cars and 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 stuff and just fake fake screenshots and pictures that are not real at all like yeah. I, I know you didn't see it, Josh, but I did because I was trying to find out exactly what had happened, and it, it really bothered me and triggered me, and it rubbed me the wrong way. Because, I mean, you you can deliver the news and, and and talk about someone's death, but but there's a there's a there's a right way to go about it. One hundred percent. Yeah, and it's just just a yeah, it's just heartbreaking, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, Elias is a great dude, and I'm uh yeah, just a terrible loss, but. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a, it's been unfortunately a dentist show on the downer, but at the same time, like, we'd be remiss to not mention, like, just Elias and his, his contributions to MMA, and just kind of a great dude he is. Like, obviously, he was an MMA fighter first, but he was, he was a great guy. Like, you cannot find, like, you can see all the stories online. Like, he was a great fucking dude. Like, in my very limited, I, I'm not, I, like, I don't want to make it out like I was friends with the guy. Like, I, I did not know him very well. Like, man, Josh, first... I, I, didn't, I didn't know you had dinner with Elias. I mean, oh, gee, no. Like, we, like, we know who each other were. Like, we were first name basis, but like, I only saw him like every couple months. But, um, yeah, he was a great dude. He was, he was a great dude. It's very unfortunate. It's very shitty. But, um, yeah, man. Like, if you guys, if you guys do want to go ahead and support, I know that they set up a GoFundMe. Um, and they're also starting like a foundation in his name, which is very, very sweet. His family is. So, yeah, I mean, go ahead and support that um, and uh, support his family. I know that you can, like, I know that his funeral, like, this weekend, if you want to send flowers to that, you can. So, yeah, man. Um, just unfortunate. Just very, very unfortunate. And uh, But a hell of a guy. Uh, 34 years young, but he made a lot of impact on the world while he was here. So, yeah, man. Um, anything else to say you want about Elias or anything about uh, sports in general before he calls out? He just said me. He may rest in peace, man. And honestly, fuck cancer. Of course. Of course. And, um,. Yeah, I mean, if, if you guys want to go ahead and um, if you guys enjoyed the show, uh, I'm at Josh Shumoff on Twitter at Angel underscore uh, one for him at Quartet Town for all things on the show. If you guys do want to go ahead and donate to the GoFundMe, um, I will leave a link to that in the uh, description of this. Um, like, this, if you're watching on YouTube, it'll be in the description. Same thing for Spotify and Apple and all that stuff. So if you guys do want to go ahead and donate and support uh, him and his family this time, so go ahead and do that. But uh, hope you guys enjoy the show. Um, peace and butt grease. Mouse click.